Before I begin the sermon today, I just want to tell you that we have 20 youth and 7 adults serving in Costa Rica today. And so we went to pray for them. We want to make sure and keep our prayers with them all week long because we know that the Costa Rica people will touch their hearts. Amen will touch their hearts and we pray that they will come back changed even though we sent them out to, to serve and to, to love. I know that they will be the recipients of God's love in the midst of this. So 20 of our youth, seven adults who took time off of work, time away from family. Some of them don't even have youth that are uh, attending on the trip. They just go because they want to give in this way. So we pray for them. And uh, we pray for our youth. We we pray with me now. Good and gracious God, touch my mind, touch my lips, touch my tongue, but especially, oh God, touch my heart, touch my soul, that I might be your servant today. May the words of my mouth and meditations of my heart be acceptable in your sight, my blessed Redeemer. In name in the name of Jesus, Amen. Well, we're concluding a sermon series today. We're concluding a sermon series entitled Freed to Lead. And over the last few weeks, we've looked into God's holy word to address the issues of the day and what it means to lead in our community as a follower of Jesus Christ. On the first week, I was over in the modern worship downstairs and was talking about what it means to be a follower you see, in order to lead, we can only be a follower of Jesus Christ. We have to be a follower in order to lead, and we have to step out in doing and loving and walking, doing the right thing, loving our neighbor as ourselves and walking with God. That's the way we lead in the community as being a follower of Jesus Christ. And over the last couple of weeks, Dr. Kerr and Pastor Tim have shared their perspectives on trust and love as they relate to leadership within the Christian lens. And today I want to talk about vision. Vision. Vision takes freedom. Freedom. So it's such a lovely word. It's a compelling image, isn't it? Freedom. But what is freedom? How would you define freedom? What does it mean to you? When I look at Webster Dictionary, it defines freedom, the quality of state of being free. That tells us a lot, doesn't it? <laughs> does it mean freedom to something or does it mean freedom from something? The absence of necessity, coercion or constraint in choice or action. Liberation from the power of another, the quality of state of being exempt or released. So we hear that Webster says it's freedom from something. But from the Christian lens, as those who follow Jesus Christ, I believe it is freedom to something. Freedom is really about freedom to love, freedom to seek peace, freedom to forgive, to do good, and we know with freedom comes responsibility. From the Christian lens, freedom is not about the choice to do whatever we feel like doing. No, freedom is a gift from God to be used for God's glory. God gives us the free will to choose. 
each and every day we're met with choices. And God loves us so much that he gives us that free will and encourages us through the power of the Holy Spirit to choose his way. No, God is not a puppeteer standing over us, pulling our strings this way or that. No, God uses the power of the Holy Spirit to whisper into our hearts and our souls to choose his ways. He uses people like you and me to bring about God's love, God's glory, God's unity. Yes, freedom gives us the power to choose God. But it also gives us the power to miss the mark, amen? We call that sin. Yet God loves us so much that he welcomes us back in forgiveness. We call that grace. And where sin abounds, grace abounds more, amen? Freedom is a gift. It's a gift from God. Freedom to do, freedom to see, freedom to look farther than we can see. We call that vision. The prophet Isaiah gives us a picture of something we cannot see with our eyes right now. But if we have God's love in us, we can see farther than we can see. We see a future of the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God, when we choose God's ways. I mean, look around this church. Isn't this the kingdom of God sitting right here? We can look farther than we can see. If we read further in Isaiah, they will build houses and live in them. They will plant vineyards and eat their fruit. Like the days of a tree will be the days of my people. My chosen will make full use of their handiwork. Did you hear that? My chosen will make full use of their handiwork. Do you hear that gift of free will in that? They won't labor in vain nor bear children to a world of horrors because they will be people blessed by the Lord along with their descendants. Before they call, I will answer. While they are still speaking, I will hear. Wolf and lamb will graze together and the lion will eat straw like the ox. Isaiah casts a dream, a vision for God's people. And in this vision of new heaven and new earth, God turns enemies into friends. There will be peace without forcing people to peace because love will prevail. Did you hear in Isaiah the end of suffering and poverty? God promises us that if we choose God's ways, if we prevail in love, that's freedom. The prophet is talking about what real freedom is. It includes community, includes harmony and peace, and most definitely it includes love. The book of Isaiah has given us that new vision, a vision that we hold on to desperately. We want to look farther than we can see. Many of us long for this vision, don't we? We long for what this kind of freedom can do for us, where we can be in a world where there are, are no horrors. We long for a day in which the news is not filled with brokenness and pain. We long for a day in which the issues we face in the society are met with only love. So how do we get there, church? How do we get there? One day at a time. One person 
at a time. Did you know that God had called us to change the world? To change the world. To lead others to this kind of freedom. Real freedom. To help others see further. To help others experience what love can be. Scriptures say that where there is no vision, the people do what? They perish. Oh, that old proverb. It's as true this morning as it was when it was written so many years ago to the community of Israel. Our visions shape us. Our visions control us. God's visions determine the factors of who we are and what we become. Vision shapes us personally, shapes our community, shapes our businesses and vocations, and shapes our marriages and our relationships. Our visions or a lack of vision determine our interests, our direction, our influence, and the totality of the human experience. No part is left untouched. So therefore, vision must shape our faith. We must step out in vision. We must step out in love. And we must focus on the vision that God is claiming for us. We can't complain any longer about the lack of vision around in our world. As we stumble around in this, we have to defy it. Anybody can curse the darkness, but people of faith light candles to defy the darkness. They shine forth, they shine the light of Christ out, not just for ourselves, but out in the world around us. We must ask ourselves what love requires. I don't always like the answer to that question. Do you? What's love require of me? How does love determine what I'm going to choose or what I'm going to choose not to do? Faith without works, well, Scripture had something to say about that, didn't it? Faith without works, you just said it, is dead. It's dead. If there's no vision for the hungry, homeless, and hurting, our church and ministry will be limited to those who are filled and will become a worship club. Do we want that church? No. Instead, we want the freedom to be the body of Christ. We want to be the body of Christ out in the world around us. If there's no vision for justice, there will only be cries of anguish and powerlessness to transform injustice in our areas. Instead, the freedom that God talks to us about is to speak and to act for those who have no voice, who have no power. We're called to step into that as followers of Jesus Christ. If there is no vision for faith development and dynamic discipleship, then the freedom of growing and moving forward in faith, it will never be experienced. Where, the, where there is no vision, the people perish. But our light, our light must shine with the vision of Christ. The vision that we can be united in love, asking ourselves, what does love require of me? The love that went to the cross for me. 
the love that gave it all for me. What does that kind of love require of me? Our light must shine, church. We are called to be beacons in a broken world. We must celebrate the freedom that God gives us to choose, to choose love, to choose unity, to choose forgiveness. We must choose God's ways for people to see farther than they can see. The vision here at Salem is connecting all people with God's extravagant love. Won't you say that with me? Connecting all people with God's extravagant love. Is it too tall a vision? Is it too big a vision? Well, if it was our vision, it would be, but whose vision is it? It's God's vision, and God is able, church. It's God's vision. And love is the only force that can move us from here to the dream, to the hope, to the vision that God has for us. And there's nothing more extravagant, nothing more extravagant than the love of Jesus Christ. I want my brothers and my sisters who do not know him to know him. I want my brothers and sisters who feel broken and hopeless to feel the hope and love of Jesus Christ. Dr. Martin Luther King quoted prophet Isaiah. He quoted him in his I have a dream speech. He said, I have a dream today. I have a dream that one day every valley shall be exalted and every hill and mountain shall be made low. The rough places will be made plain and the crooked places will be made straight and the glory of the Lord shall be revealed and all flesh shall see it together. Do you hear that? Connecting all people with God's extravagant love. This has been God's vision all along. And he further, he said further, and when this happens, and when we allow freedom to ring, when we let it ring from every village, every hamlet, from every state and every city, we will be able to speed up that day when all of God's children, black men and white men, Jews and Gentiles, Protestants and Catholics, will be able to join hands and sing in the words of the old spiritual, free at last, free at last, thank God Almighty, we are free at last. That's freedom. And we are called to be free to lead, to lead out in God's ways. And we have to surrender and be a follower of Jesus Christ in order to do that. Amen. And you know what? You have a brunch to get to, so I can't go further. <laughs> Even though this preacher in me is wanting to get going. So will you pray with me? God, help us. Oh, help us. We need you right now, Jesus. Help us to remember that it is your vision that we live by. And in order to live by your vision, we must follow you in the name of Jesus.